Um, Holy Spirit, we're not enough unless you come. So right now, Holy Spirit, I ask that you be amongst this place in our hearts, in the sermon, in the message. God, I pray that you would be glorified and anything that I say that's not of you will just fall away and that only you would speak to this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're doing a series at the moment on the Holy Spirit. It's been so awesome. And I was really encouraged by Lincoln's message a couple of weeks ago. He shared some really practical ways the Holy Spirit speaks to him. And it inspired me to think about that in my own life. What were those moments where the Holy Spirit has spoken to me? Those times when I knew that it was God. And the Holy Spirit speaks in heaps of different ways good one is through the Bible. So if you're not confident at hearing the Holy Spirit's voice straight to you, get into the Word, start there, ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate stuff, to reveal stuff to you, and He will speak straight into your circumstances through reading the Word. God can speak audibly. I haven't heard the audible voice of God, but many people have. Stories in the Bible about God speaking audibly. He can speak through people, like a preacher, like Pastor Paul when he preaches, And we hear God's voice to us and straight into our circumstances and into our situations. He speaks through promptings. One of our friends was driving his car and he drove past a friend's house and he got this thought, oh, I should take firewood to their house. And and he thought, no, that's a silly thought that they can get their own firewood. And he drove past. On the way home, he drove past again. He had this thought, I should drop firewood at their house. That's a random thought thinking that again. So he gave them a call and the wife answered and, hey, what are you up to? And she said, I'm just about to go to the warehouse to buy some firewood. And that showed him that just these promptings, these inner thoughts can be God. And it was cool how the circumstances confirmed that that was the word of God. So circumstances can confirm God's word in our lives. When I was at Bible college, um, a a family was called to Brazil and they were talking about how that was such a random calling and we prayed and prayed, God, can you confirm this? Because we don't want to uproot our lives to another country if it's not you. They went home that day, checked the mailbox. Someone had dropped off Brazil nuts in their mailbox. So circumstances can confirm the word of God in our life. Dreams and visions can be the voice of God in our lives. But this morning I want to share primarily about the inner witness of the Holy Spirit And what that has been like for me growing up as a young child, learning what that's like, the Holy Spirit's voice in my life. So Romans 8.16 says, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. And for me, it's really similar to the thoughts, I think. And I have to try and decipher whether that was God or was that me or was that the enemy. And as we go through today, I hope you guys can come along this journey with me. I'm going to talk some story and then we're going to mold that into how we can use our lives to witness to others with the Holy Spirit's help. So it was when I was five years old that I first heard the inner witness of the Holy Spirit and I was climbing up the pantry to get to mum's chocolate biscuits. She hid them right up the top. We knew where they were. She was pretty useless at hiding them. My parents are here so I have to be careful of my stories. And I was right, and I was just about to grab them, and I heard in my thoughts, be sure your sins will find you out. Oh, I was only five years old, and I, th- I honestly thought to myself, man, mum must have drilled that into us for me to think that thought. 
And then I just went through life, and I hadn't heard mum say that to us ever again, and oh, that was weird. And then as a teenager, I decided to read the Bible from cover to cover, and I got to Numbers, and I read in Numbers, be sure your sins will find you out, and it's the exact words in the Bible right here, and and mum, you might not remember this, but I rang you up, or I talked to you, and I was like, as a kid, mum, did you ever say, be sure your sins will find you out? And she was like, no, I, I never said that to you, so where on earth did I get that from? And as a teenager, realizing that God was speaking to me as a five-year-old, be sure your sins will find you out. That stopped me from doing a lot of dumb stuff. I did not want anyone to find out any sins. And that really guided me, the Holy Spirit's voice. Another time learning about the Holy Spirit's voice, I was on my way to church. I was by myself. I was about 17. And I felt like really strongly that God was going to speak to me during the service. I was excited, God, oh, what are you going to say to me? And there was a baptism service, and they were baptizing a lot of people. And then the guy with the microphone said, "Um, there's this guy here, I'm going to baptize him. Does anyone have a word of encouragement for him? And everyone was silent, and straight away a word came to me, you're not too old to do ministry for me. And I was like, no, I'm definitely not going up. Why can't this young person go up, go up there and say, you're not too old, and, and call them old? And so I was like, no. And then straight away again, go up and tell him you're not too old for ministry. And I said, no. Again, the third time, go up and tell him you're not too old for ministry. And I said, no, again. And as soon as I said no the third time, the guy with the microphone said, you're not too old to do ministry. And I was like, blown away, dumb that I disobeyed. But cool that God used that moment to reinforce that he is speaking to me. And the cool thing about it, the guy with the mic, his name was Grant Buchanan. He actually shared the gospel with Pastor Tuck when Pastor Tuck was at university. So he was a man of God, and I knew God spoke to him. And for God to speak the same word was cool for me. So I'm getting a little bit more mature now and hearing God's voice, and I'm in a hospital waiting room. And I don't like wasting time sitting, so I've got my Bible there and I'm reading away and I read um, that part in Matthew 25 where Jesus separates two groups of people and he said, you guys clothed me and fed me and visited me. And they said, when did we do that? And Jesus said, well, when you did it for the least of these brothers of mine, you did it for me. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And I, and I look around and I see a, a water cooler and a, and, a, and a cup. Oh, who can I give a cup of water to? And I look up and there's a lady there and, and she's, she's morbidly obese. Like she can't get out of her wheelchair. She's in the waiting room. Oh, I know, I'll give her a cup of water. Holy Spirit, should I give her a cup of water? Straight away, no. But the Bible says I have to give her a cup of water. Should I give her a cup of water? And the Holy Spirit says, no. Well, God, I don't want to go against the Bible, but this is the same voice that I'm familiar with. You're telling me not to do this? And, he, and the Holy Spirit said to me, let the nurse do it. Nah, that can't be God. It's going against the Bible. I'm going to do what the Bible says. Got the cup of water. Went over to her and, hey, um, would you like a glass of water? Oh, she said, yes, I'm so thirsty. Thank you so much. And she put it up to her lips and she pursed her lips and it just about touched her lips. And she goes, oh, I'm nil by mouth. I, this is going to wreck my whole operation. And I was like, whoa, whoa, I'll take that back from you. And I was like, holy spirit, you were right. I wasn't meant to give her a drink, and as soon as I sat down, the nurse came over with a, um, a cup of sort of orange juice and said, hey, honey, can you just drink this in preparation for your operation? Remember the Holy Spirit said, let the nurse do it? Man, 
I am learning and I'm on this journey and God is good at confirming his word even when we're not obedient to him. And the funny thing, I remember when I was at the church and God told me to tell that person, you're not too old for ministry. When I got in the car and turned the car on, the song that came on said, out of all the voices calling out to me, I'll choose to listen and believe the voice of truth. And that blew me away. So there's, there's all these voices in our heads coming in. There's, uh, there's our own voices, the Holy Spirit. There's maybe the enemy. And so we're on this journey of practicing little steps on how to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. And the more obedient we are, the more easier it becomes. I was invited to a hen's night. It was one of my netball team members, and it wasn't a Christian event. I didn't really want to go, but I thought, Maybe if I brought my guitar and, and sung for them, then it would be worthwhile going. So I said to Lincoln, hey, there's a sins night, should I go? And he said, well, why don't you take your guitar? So I was okay, yes, I'll take my guitar. And we were there, and they were drinking wine and, and everything, and it was fun for them. It was fun. <laughs> and um, so I said, I brought my guitar, I'll sing for you guys. And I sung this like, quite a cool song about when Lincoln proposed to me. It was all very gushy and stuff. And, um, and they were like, oh, wow, that was great. Can you sing another song? And I was like, yeah, I'd love to. And I asked God, I said, what do you want me to sing? I was going to sing a PC type, dream big, your dreams are amazing type song. But God said to me, take them to the cross. I was like, whoa. Okay, then I will take them to the cross. The only song I knew about the cross was one I'd written. It was about when our baby died. He died 10 years ago. His name's Ezekiel, stillborn. And it was a song about how much God must love us to choose to feel grief, to send his son to die for us. And I shared a little bit of the story with them and I, I began to sing and the host said, no, stop, 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 stop. I'm gonna wake my kids up so they can hear you. So she goes and wakes her kids up and brings them, sits them down. Like, okay, and I sing this song. And when you finish the song, there's this moment where you're like, has God done anything or are they gonna get mad at what they've heard? And I looked up and the bride-to-be was just crying, just weeping. And I was like, thank you, Jesus, that you moved in this moment. And it was amazing. I didn't see her for a couple of weeks. And when I saw her, she said, you know that night that you sung? That night I went home and I found all the Bibles in my whole house. And I found the Lord's Prayer and I memorized the Lord's Prayer. And it was amazing that God touched her in that moment. I'm not naturally confident at speaking to people. There's this one moment where Lincoln and I came home from, it was a music practice, it was a Thursday night and our whole cul-de-sac was full of cars. And I said, oh Lincoln, the neighbor's having a party on a Thursday night. And he's, no, no, Emma, her son's just died. He was 30 years old. They're grieving that they've got family there. I was like, whoa. I, um, the next day, I, I, I didn't know what to do. So I thought, Oh, no, I'll bake her something. She's got lots of people. I'll bake her something. I wrote her a card and a verse. Okay, done my Christian thing. Tick that box. That's good. I waited for her to not be home to go over and take it there. Knock, knock, sweet. She's not home. Because I'm not naturally confident at talking to people. And then a few days go by, a few weeks go by, and she's mowing her lawns, and God's tugging on me. You've got to go talk to her. And I'm like, no, I don't want to go talk to her. I don't know what to say. She's like, lost so much and then God says just go over and I went over and she gives me a hug and she starts crying and I don't know what to say but 
God said, well, what did you want to do when you lost your son? Well, I wanted to talk about him. I wanted people to know that he existed. And so I just asked her questions, and she responded and brought me inside and showed me photos, and, and it was a really good time for both of us. And I realized that, man, God, you can use what I've been through to help others. And it started me on this journey of using what I've been through to help others. And so she's, she's living across the, the cul-de-sac and um, exercising our dog with the tennis ball. And we hit the ball over to the vacant sections. And, and I'm daydreaming as I do this. So the dog brings the ball back. And I'm daydreaming. And my daydream is about someone playing the guitar for this lady that's grieving oh, God, wouldn't it be great if someone went over there and played the guitar for her? Man, that would be... I wish someone would do that. And straight away I heard, you do it. Honestly, this is what I did. I actually went, no, 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 no. And I heard it so clear, you do it. So went home and told Lincoln. And when I tell Lincoln, I have to follow through because he makes me follow through on things. Okay, so... um. Like a week goes by and I'm getting everyone to pray and I go over there and I, and I go to knock on the door and she's on the phone. I could hear her whole conversation. So do I knock now and wreck a conversation or do I wait till she says goodbye and she knows I've been here listening the whole time? So hard. So I knock and, oh, someone's at the door. Oh, it's my neighbor. Hi, I'll call you back later. And I go in there and I said, hey, I've got my guitar. I wonder if it's okay if I can sing for you. And, and she's a bit like, yeah, yeah, come on in. That'd be great. And she sits down like, right in front of me and I've got my guitar and I start singing and she's just crying, just weeping so much. And I got to the song about how much God must love us to choose to send Jesus. He chose to feel that grief and I said, you and I have something in common and we have knowledge that not everyone has. Knowledge about God's heart for us that he would choose to send his son. And I remember looking at her and she was just an open heart for the gospel, and I was like, God, this is amazing, and I sung her the song, and she cried the whole way through, and thank, thank me very much, and that's all good, and see you later, goodbye. Um, I think she appreciated it, because the next day she gave me muffins, and I think she might have waited till I wasn't home, because they were at the door. <laughs> God is so good. God can turn our why moments into wow moments. And probably the most accurate time the Holy Spirit has spoken to me was a week before our baby died, and it was Christmas, and I got this gift from Lincoln's sister, and it was a mug. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you got me a mug. Great. I love it. And I don't drink coffee or tea or anything, but awesome mug. It had verses with it about how God strengthens. It had a magnet. It had heaps of cool encouragement. And I remember thinking, this is, kind of, this is cool, but... I don't need strengthening right now, um, but I'll, maybe maybe later I will, but this is, this is cool. And so we, we lose our baby, and we call him Ezekiel, which means God strengthens. And I didn't realize at the time that God knew his name, and he was saying, hey, I know, I know your baby's name, God strengthens, because I have this cup and I have this mug, and I didn't realize that God already knew. And it was like a prophetic word to us that God was going to strengthen us during this time. And he really, really did. And although I wouldn't want to go through that again, I have faith knowing that if something like that happened again, God is good and God will strengthen us. It built our faith. I wouldn't want to change what we've learned for anything. 
There's a story in the Bible about God strengthening someone. His name was David, and it's from 1 Samuel chapter 30. David and his troops have just come back from the battlefield. There's 600 of them, and they arrive back to their camp, and it's all burnt. The whole place is burnt. The Amalekites had come and stolen their wives, their daughters, their sons, and everyone is just distraught. I'm going to pick up the story from chapter 30, verse 6. Now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord. This is what David did, verse 8. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this army? Shall I overtake them? And the Lord answered him, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. This is what happened, verse 18. So David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away, and David rescued his two wives, and nothing of theirs was lacking, either small or great, sons or daughters, spoil or anything which they had taken from them. David recovered all. I wonder what would have happened if David got to his campsite, saw that it was burnt, and didn't ask God what the plan was. How many people were affected by that tragedy, and it just took one man to ask, God, what's the plan here? What do we do now? And so many people were blessed because God, God intervened, because David was obedient and following what God had said. Remember Joseph, his brothers had sold him into slavery. He had been through such a hard time, and he said to his brothers, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. To accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. But what if Joseph had stopped at, you intended to harm me? You harmed me. My family, it was to do with the will, the inheritance, the, you, uh, you guys, you really harmed me. And that's, that can happen these days. And, and what if Joseph just told everyone about it and that was it? But he didn't, did he? He didn't stop there. He sought God's plan. But God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. God turned Joseph's why moment into a wow moment. What about John 10.10? 10? The thief only comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Now, imagine if Jesus just stopped there. That's like bad news. He, imagine if he gave us no way out. Imagine if it was, oh, well, so be it. The thief, he prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking who he may devour. Oh, well, that, that happens. But he didn't stop there, did he? He said, I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. Keep seeking God's plan. God's works. God works for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. Ask God what his purpose is in your situation. God can change your why moment into a wow moment. What about the Apostle Paul? He had been through heaps. He'd been beaten. 
He'd been shipwrecked. He said, though outwardly we are wasting away. Imagine if he'd stopped there. Anyone feel like they're outwardly wasting away? Mum, I mean, Dad, I mean, don't put Mum's hand up. <laughs> though outwardly we're wasting away. We, we get wrinkles, we get stretch marks, we get injuries. But Paul doesn't stop there. He says, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Just because we're going through a why moment doesn't mean it doesn't have to be a wow moment as well. Don't let what you're going through stop you from seeking God. Jesus said this, in this world you will have trouble. Imagine if he stopped there. You'll have trouble. Sweet as, sorry about it. He didn't stop there. But sometimes we think the kingdom of darkness is overtaking the kingdom of God. But that's not the case. Jesus said, take heart, I have overcome the world. We know that Jesus wins in the end. So even though in this life you'll have trouble, don't, don't stop there. Seek God because he wins in the end. So I was working on this song about this theme, Don't Let Your Pain Be Wasted. Praying about it, God, what do I, I've only got this chorus, I don't, I don't know what the rest of the song's gonna look like. And I was in the kitchen Kids are watching Superbook, and it's this episode when God kicks Satan out of the Garden of Eden, and he curses the serpent. He says, I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between her offspring and your offspring. He will crush your head, and you will bruise his heel. And that just stood out to me. I have no idea why that stood out to me at the time, but whoa, that's strange and interesting Later on in that month, I was on a bus trip and I was sitting by Lincoln's sister, telling her about the song, Don't Let Your Pain Be Wasted. I don't know what the rest of the song is going to look like, but I think it's going to be really good. Um, on the way home, I fell asleep and oh, I can sleep anywhere at any time. I just happened to fall asleep on the bus. And I have this dream, this vision of the heel with the bruise coming down, crushing Satan. And the Holy Spirit says in the dream, vision. It's the bruised areas of our life that have the most power in crushing Satan. Oh, so I woke up and, whoa, I turned to my sister-in-law. Man, I just had this massive download from God about the song. She said, I know. I've just been praying that you would. I'm like, wow, what a cool family member that she would do that. If we know that God is going to use anything Satan throws at us to further the kingdom of God, what weapon does Satan really have against us? He has nothing. Now anything he throws at us is going to be turned around for good and it's gonna backfire in his face. Second Corinthians chapter one, verses three and four. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our troubles. Everyone say, so that. So that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. So we might go through something, but don't stop there. Ask for God's plan. Maybe he's going to comfort you so that in a situation in the future, you'll be able to comfort someone else. 
You'll be able to tell them about the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God. Don't let your pain be wasted. When I was a teacher aide a couple of years ago, I was given a young boy, he was six years old, he had autism and he was nonverbal, so he couldn't communicate with me. And I was given this big book of sign language and I didn't know any sign language and it was very daunting. So they sent me on this course about communicating with nonverbal children, it was called More Than Words, to try and find areas that you can relate to and communicate with them. And it was a 12 week long course and I felt so inadequate, I had no wisdom, I was with parents and grandparents who lived this day in and day out. And they were sharing their stories with each other and everyone was gaining knowledge from each other. 12 weeks long, 11 weeks had gone by and I had nothing to share. All I knew is I had the greatest answer to their questions. I had Jesus, but I don't know how to, to, to zip that in there. So I started to pray, God, what do you want me to do? Take your guitar, he says. Okay, okay, I'll take, I can take my guitar. What song do you want me to sing? And he said, don't worry about the song. Just take your guitar. But I, I'm like, I'm worried about the song. I want to know in advance what to do. But he said, don't worry about it. I'll give you the song. I had the song I wanted to do, Don't Let Your Pain Be Wasted, but I hadn't written any of the verses or the bridge or anything like that. The next morning, Lincoln wakes up and he says, hey, Em, today I'm going to get the kids ready for school, give them breakfast, take them to the bus. You can have the whole morning to do whatever you want. And I was like, wow, I have time to write the rest of the song. Thank you so much. It was such a God thing. So I wrote the rest of the song, turned up to the course, um, brought my guitar in, and, and the whole course is just about finished. So it's the end of the course. There's about 10 minutes to go. And I'm so waiting. I do not know my segue into playing these people a song. Most, most of them, probably all of them aren't Christian. Uh, and I don't know what to do. But God said, don't worry about it. I'll get you in. Okay, don't worry about it. And then five minutes to go, the lady's wrapping up the whole year course. And people are starting to pack their books up. And, and then, oh, God. Um, I don't know, I'm going to miss my chance. He said, don't worry about it. I will cue you. And then at that point, the lady looked at me and, and she said, hey, Emma, you've been kind of quiet this whole time. Do you have anything to share? I was like, oh my gosh, thank you, God. This is perfect. And I said to them, yeah, I've been watching you guys for the last 12 weeks, hearing you share your stories, your pain, your hurt and your good times. And it's benefiting us. And I've felt inadequate to share because I just come in during the day and I look after this young boy and then I send them home and nighttime's probably the hardest time. I get the easy job and you guys have lived this out and walking this out. And I want to honour you that you're not letting what you've been through go to waste. You're using it to benefit others. And I said to them, I don't know why this has happened to your child, but I do know God and I do know his character and I do know that the Bible says Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said that he has come to give life and life more abundantly. So if you want to blame someone, don't blame God. I would use your experiences to help others. And that way, it, it turns them around in Satan's face. That's pretty much what I said to them. So I grabbed my guitar. Turn it around in the face of the thief. Turn it around, it can glorify me. I can use it. Don't let your pain be wasted. 
finish this song and you don't know whether God's moved or not there was a father in the group and he looked at me and he said I didn't like that song but I love the words can I take them home and I looked around and the, the nana, the gran of my boy is crying the lecturer is crying all the ladies are crying God's touching their lives. And it's because I decided to not let my pain be wasted. I decided to let God use what I've been through to help others. 